Hey guys, welcome to Modify Lifestyle. I'm your host, Ranjan. And I'm Andrew. Today's topic is actually a suggestion from one of our listeners. So today we're going to be talking about the first car for enthusiasts. This is actually a very popular topic in terms of enthusiasts around the community. They want to know what they can get for super cheap and reliability and stuff. Yeah, so obviously a lot of enthusiasts are kind of get into the the car scene at a young age, I would say. You know, you see a lot of people at the car meets and stuff. They're a lot mm-hmm. younger than, you know, the, the usuals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of these people, they're, they're trying to choose, like, the correct car, you know, as their first car mm-hmm. to start modifying. Right. And, like, it's obviously, we see it a lot in the community. They end up choosing the wrong car, getting a lemon and stuff. So, I think this is just our recommendations on what they can do to kind of... Yeah, to kind of, like, prevent that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Make the right choice. Le- yeah getting the right car right choice and stuff so the first thing i i feel a person should look for when they're looking at cars is the reliability and this they can do from the track record right recommendations of people that have good experiences with cars you know just listening to them and going over the these recommendations pretty much is what people can do to kind of establish what car has good reliability yeah and even like the reputation for the car as well mm-hmm. you know, a lot a lot of like uh cars they have good reputations and you know they've been building on the same platform for years mm-hmm. so they kind of continuous with that uh the reliability yeah and i think that's what cont- contributes to the good track record right it yeah exactly. shows, shows people what they can expect when they buy let's say a toyota honda stuff like that right yeah yeah and like when you're modifying cars too, you also want to, you want good reliability because mm-hmm. you know when you when you start modifying cars, you know sometimes like things may not go as well. But like if the car is reliable, it would stand up to like the mm-hmm. the power, I guess, if you're into that that you're yeah. adding to it. Yeah, especially if you're looking to like track, do a track build or something like that. Reliability is a big thing. Yeah, it's you want to make sure something was taken care of from the past owner and not abused. Right. yeah exactly yeah. um so like not only reliability but looking at certain things that might be wrong like i found out on forums what are wrong what's wrong with lexus is's right and i kind of when i went to go look at the cars that's kind of what i picked and chose to look at so that i can keep myself safe from buying a lemon right yeah so you kind of have to educate yourself too mm-hmm. especially when you're buying a used car uh, I would recommend like going to a dealer, obviously, because mm-hmm. yeah. um, they they kind of certify their own work, right? Right. So if if you're doing a private deal, mm-hmm. you kind of have to do a lot more work in terms of a lot more inspection. The car. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, a lot of dealers they kind of have all the records already there, where private sellers they don't really want to provide it, yeah, especially exactly. if they worked on the car themselves and they did something wrong. Yeah, or if they're trying to hide something, right? Um, then you can get into a lot of trouble in terms of like get repairs and stuff like that. Yeah, I get, like the repair costs can add up a lot mm-hmm. if there is something wrong. So that's why reliability, I think, not only depends on the track record, but it also depends on how the car looks when you go and look at it. Yeah, the, like the, the state of the car or mm-hmm. the condition. Right. I think the second thing, well, this is for someone getting into cars and they need it as a daily too. It has to be cheap on gas. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A, a lot, the gas prices are crazy nowadays, and if you can save yourself another dime, you know, more car parts goes into 
the car yeah exactly and i think um like even nowadays like a lot of newer cars are coming out they're a lot more fuel efficient and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. but in terms of used cars you know back then they didn't really care about gas prices no right exactly. it, it was super cheap right you know everyone could afford it so that's definitely a factor when you're looking at buying a used car especially an older one mm -hmm. the next thing that i feel is all another key aspect of buying a new car is your budget uh you definitely don't want to go over your budget when it comes to your first car, if you have a set budget, you obviously don't want to spend too much where you're financing and you're stuck with the car in for another like four years, let's just say, right? Yeah, I agree it, with that. It's not a smart thing to do, especially when you're getting your first car and if and if you're like tracking it and it decides or if you break it yeah. while doing so, um, then you're stuck with it, right? Then yeah. You're stuck with such a big investment and no return i think you, you when you're buying a car you kind of need a buffer a buffer area for if anything goes wrong mm -hmm. so say you're looking for a car like under 10k mm -hmm. you have to leave, you have to give yourself a little bit of uh extra money mm -hmm. in case you know there's some problems down the line right that you need to fix exactly another thing you have to uh take into account is your drivetrain mm -hmm. so if you want like front wheel drive car which is it's a lot more common in cheaper older cars right um it's 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 okay in the snow, you know, nothing's wrong with it. A lot of people drive front-wheel drive cars in the snow. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at rear-wheel drive, you have to account for that as well. If right. you're going to be daily driving it. Mm -hmm. In the winter, you know, you get some bad snowfalls. And mm -hmm. you definitely have to, um, you know, kind of take your time in the snow. And definitely. maintain control of the car as well. Right. I, I actually have a very funny story. Um, my brother's 350Z. I ended up taking it to uh, work one day. And it ended up being in the middle of a snowstorm. So like right down the street, I was literally sideways <laughs> all the way home, right? So like drivetrain matters. If you're looking to daily it, I would suggest going front wheel drive or all wheel drive. Front wheel drive, it's good. I mean, you won't ever get stuck in front wheel drive. Yeah, nothing's wrong with front wheel drive. Really. Yeah. And like, trust me, you can do donuts nicely in the snow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm evidence of it. <laughs> but yeah, it's rear wheel drive. Yes. You can still get away with driving your car or in the winter, even if you have some good snow tires and, and throw some sandbags in the back. But be aware if you're a first time driver, try to stay away from rear wheel from drive. From rear wheel drive, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Obviously, the, the best option here is all wheel drive. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about like um, if you're on a budget, yeah. you know, all wheel drive cars can be more expensive. Way more expensive. So that's why we suggest like staying away from that. Also, another thing that we think that is very important in terms of searching for the next car is what the orientation is for the car. Do you want a sedan? Do you want a coupe? Do you want an SUV? Right? It all matters. Or even if you want a truck, right? It's, it all depends on what you want. And at the end of the day, it's what you're going to be using the car for, right? If it's just your daily driver, then, you know, a sedan will do just fine. But if you want to have some fun, coupe, if it's for like getting to work and like having your, let's say if you're in trades, then you might just need a truck, right? To get all your equipment in there and stuff. So it all depends on what you're doing with the car. And at the end of the day, it's all based on your needs. Yeah, I think there's different demographics for all that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously some people like modern trucks more than cars. Mm -hmm. So you'd kind of go towards the truck more. Or if you, you know, you want performance or you want like the more sports car feel, mm -hmm. you'd want a coupe. Right. So it depends on the person, really. If you need more space, you, you know, you get a sedan, mm -hmm. obviously. So you kind of need to know what you want exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, like the cars we're going to be recommended, it's 
they're mostly sedans and coupes. Yeah, and it's based on our opinions, so don't get stuck up about it. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's kind of like, I mean, I think that for the budget, mm-hmm. uh, a sedan or coupe is like the best thing you can yeah, buy. Yeah, in our opinions. Yeah. So when we're doing this like analysis, we're kind of suggesting that we have a budget of $10,000. Um, it has to be something reliable and cheap and easy to modify. Yeah, so most of the cars that we're going to be listing are under 10K. Mm-hmm. Obviously, depending on the condition, it could be more or less. Right. But we're trying to stick to under 10K. There's also some cars that you could even find under 5K. Mm-hmm. So it's even better for you guys. Right. So the first car be- is the notorious Honda Civic. This comes in coupe, um, hatchback, and even sedan. Um, so all something, the choices are covered. Yeah, something for everyone. Yeah, Hondas are very notorious for, you know, teenagers, I would say. Like, everyone makes fun of teenagers for all having Civics and stuff because they're super reliable, super cheap, and obviously, you got VTEC. Yeah, and obviously, you know, they're easy to modify as well. Mm-hmm. They're pretty uh, reliable cars, durable cars when you add more power to it. Yeah, they're pr- because the car. there's so many people that bought these cars, there's so many parts out there in terms of modification and even maintenance, right? So, everything's cheap. Yeah, yeah, on the cars. Right? I think that's kind of why a lot of people are going. A lot of people them, go right? for them. Yeah, like this is for any Honda though. I think Hondas just sell like crazy in, in the U.S. and Canada's um, region, so they just sell really well here. That's why their parts are just readily available. I think a lot of like shops too. They specialize in Hondas just because mm-hmm. of the mass of uh, the cars out there. Right? right. So it's easy to find parts for them. Obviously, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, and obviously a Civic, you know, you can get them in all kind of price ranges. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you can find them under even 3K, under 2K. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all the way up to 10K, you could probably get a good uh, 9-gen, you know, sedan, mm-hmm. probably. You know, it's a pretty nice car. And, you know, when you modify them, they could be looking pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And if you're a stance boy, a lot of guys even touch these cars. So, like, on the forums, you can find a lot of information about, like, going, like, super low on these cars. What you have to do, you know... Yeah, kind of the, yeah, there's a lot of like information on the internet about how to modify them. You know, a lot of uh, interesting modifications that you could, you could even do. Right. So it, it's it's a very popular car for in the car community mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. Okay, so the next suggestion we have is a Genesis. So Hyundai Genesis Coupe. Mm-hmm. A very popular car. Yeah. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can get them in 2.0Ts and uh, 3.8s, right? So very popular engines. Um, that have been thrown into the cars. Yeah, so there's a variety there. You know, you can get like a, a four banger mm-hmm. and a V6. And I've heard that the 3.8, you could probably modify the 2.0T mm-hmm. to get as much power as the 3.8. Right. Um, the tor- uh, this is notorious for any car. Any car with turbos, you can just get a tune on it and it'll already be so much more horsepower because yeah. like the, the, the factory tune is always like, it's very limited yeah, yeah it's very limited right so like they you can do so much more if you just modified the tune to push for more horsepower yeah and i think if you're if you're mm-hmm. kind of like budget conscious with uh gas you know mm-hmm. the 2.0 t might be the way to go because you could probably tune that mm-hmm. get more power than like a 3.8 but then again if, if you're someone like me that likes naturally aspirated cars then you can definitely go with that too the lot they sound nice too yeah uh, the 3.8 sound really yeah. nice and they obviously do rip <laughs> oh yeah for sure and it's na2 right so you have that instant power right away definitely and even in like the stance scene as well you know a lot of people modify the genesis yeah. i feel like there's a lot of parts out there 
And the parts are cheap too. Yeah, a lot of people say that this the Honda Genesis is the modern day Civic because there's so many parts available for this car that you know you can do as much as the Civic could have, right? Yeah, if, if yeah was, I agree with that. Yeah. So that's why I say this is probably a very good car in terms of rear-wheel drive because the Civic never came with a rear-wheel drive platform except for the S2000, but it's too expensive. And you can get this for pretty cheap. Yeah, and obviously they come in manual and automatic as well, yep. right? Which a lot of people have their preferences. I like manual. And I think even for like a newer car too, like the Honda, the Genesis Coupe, it's fairly new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the prices range a lot with the Genesis. Like the older generations you could get for like easily under 5k if you search hard enough mm -hmm. even like the newer generations i'm sure they drop below 10k yeah and from a car enthusiast perspective it's a huge platform you know a lot of people modify these for like stance builds even track builds as well like we have a friend he has a full track build of a genesis the next car on our list is the g37 slash g35 coupe or sedan these come in both rear wheel drive and all wheel drive platforms and they're, they come mainly with the 3.7 and 3.5 VQ engine, which is very notorious for its trumpet sound. Very reliable engine as well. You yeah. know, Infiniti's been using these engines for years. Mm -hmm. And even up to like 2014, in the new Q50, they used the 3.7 liter. Mm -hmm. Very reliable and a lot of power too. Yeah. Especially if, if it's your first car, it's a lot of power to handle. Yeah, the G37 and G35, you know, it's a very large platform. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the G35 is like the older generation of it. Mm -hmm. um, it also comes in sedan and coupe. I think it only comes rear-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, these ones you can get for like really cheap now. Right. Especially the G35 coupes. Um, they're fun cars. And they're very comparable to our next recommendation, which we're going to go over. And... They're coming manual, which is the perfect pack of punch. Yeah, it's perfect. Even like the sedans too, you can get them mm -hmm. in manual. The up right up to like the G thirty seven sedans. Right. Come in manual. Which could make a fun daily. Yeah, exactly. If you're looking for something to drive um, you know, all seasons around mm -hmm. and you can modify them too. Mm -hmm. My only issue car. is that they don't come in all wheel drive in the manuals. I think they yeah, only come I in model. Yeah. Um so that's the that was my only issue with them. Otherwise that's an awesome car. Yeah, the G thirty seven, you know, you see a lot of people modifying them now. And they're, they're really sleek and kind of modern sports cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a JDM icon in the car community, really. Yeah, like in the, in Japan, it's called a Skyline, right? Which, yeah, even like up to yeah. like this day, today, mm -hmm. they're still called Skylines. Yeah, which kind of shows that after the R34 um, Skyline, the, the G37 is what kind of took its place yeah, in Japan yeah. itself, right? Obviously, when they made the R35, it's kind of... You know. Yeah, I kind of dropped the Skyline name from it. Yeah, but I I think like the the G thirty seven it it even in Japan it lives mm -hmm. on. You know, yeah. it's still like a really popular car over there. Exactly, and obviously there's no shortage of parts. I think you already said that. Um, a lot of VQ guys mess with these cars, and I believe there are turbo kits out there. Yeah, supercharger kits even. Yeah, and they can be fun cars if you want to yeah. modify the hell out of them. Then even even like the exhaust notes too. Mm -hmm. Like there's some really nice exhaust. Um, kits that you can put on them right even uh, though some of them are obnox obnoxious but yeah like, you can get it sounding pretty nice yeah you can even shoot flames yeah i think yeah. there's a tune out there that, that you can shoot flames with it so the next car is very similar to the g35 people would say that this is categorized in the same brand um it's a nissan obviously so it's still identified in the infinity slash nissan chain um it's a 350z 
And the reason why we kept it separately is because, for one, it's very expensive and it's super rare to find, especially in a manual. The reason behind this is because they didn't really sell a lot of these. I think that the G37 and G35 actually took the shine away from this car itself. And the 350Z didn't really sell well because a lot of people were pushed to get a better brand, you know, because Infinity is a more luxurious brand. People went with them instead of the Inf Nissan, right? Yeah, I think even when like the 350Z launched too, I think the price was, it was a lot higher mm -hmm. than, you know, what it is now. Right. I think their branding was just good. But regardless, this is an amazing car too, because the same VQ engine, still a lot of parts out there. Um, you can actually exchange parts from the 350Z and the Infiniti G35 because they're very similar. Yeah, they're very similar in right? terms of their drivetrain yeah, and engine and stuff. All like that's that. different is their look, how, you know, taillights, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. like the interior, it's very similar. You know, Infiniti and Nissan, they share mm -hmm. interiors a lot. Yeah. And I think that's what's distinct about this car because they kind of push to make it a little bit different, right? Yeah. Like this, uh, the 350Z doesn't really have rear seats, which is completely different from all the Nissans because they always have rear seats yeah, they in also sports have rear cars, seats. right? And I think this one was mainly a sports car for like true enthusiasts. Yeah, right? I think that's kind of what it was designed for. Not like no one with like external knowledge, someone that doesn't know their cars um, would get a 350Z because they'll see a Nissan badge on it. Yeah, and I think like comparing the 350Z to the G37 or G35, mm -hmm. it's definitely a lot more sportier mm -hmm. than those two cars. Yeah, and I can tell from personal experience because I've driven one on multiple occasions. My brothers, I steal it all the time. <laughs> but it's, it's super fun to drive. The manual transmission is crazy. Like, I love the gearing in it. I, I've driven multiple um, manual cars before. And I can tell you that the G30 or the 350Z is one of the best because the gear gear ratios are just like up there. I think one thing to note about the 350Z is that it only comes in rear wheel drive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you talked about before with your brother's car, um, definitely have to be careful in the winter. <laughs> kind of be cautious when driving it. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty fun driving home that day. But like I thought I was going to die. Yeah, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. You know, it's a lot of power <laughs> for a rear wheel drive car. Mm -hmm. um, if you're up to it, you know, definitely uh, mm -hmm. get into it because, you know, it's a fun car. Yeah. In the winter, I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun with it Very as long fun. as you're being safe with it. Yep. And winter tires. Definitely put winter yeah, tires winter on tires it because sure. otherwise you're going sideways. And sandbags. Throw some sandbags in there too. So the next car we're going to be talking about is the Lexus IS. So this, this is kind of two de generations here. The IS 300. Mm -hmm. So this is like the older generation with the 2JZ. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a sedan. So these only came rear-wheel drive mm -hmm. so that's one thing you have to know about it a great car yeah. super reliable really nice car one of our friends has one and it's like i was surprised from like a i think this is a 2001 yeah it, it has a really nice interior yeah um i think lexus when they first brought out the lexus is or any lexus in general i think that's also called the lexus one uh, one is aka the first generation of the is being introduced um it was super reliable and it was because they used the same similar engine as the Supra, the 2JZ. Yeah. But it was like stock, right? It was NA. Yeah. And like, you still use like high compression rates and everything. So the reason why it like, it held up and it like never dies, I would say. Yeah. And even like up to this day too, mm -hmm. you know, you see it, you don't see a lot of them, but you do see like a considerably amount of them on right. the road today especially manual because a lot of people when they buy the lexus they were thinking you know status right 
and a lot of enthusiasts didn't really get into the the manual IS until later on. So when they first introduced it, they obviously in- introduced it with the the automatic, but people started catching on that oh shit, this one comes with a two J. Right? Yeah, so, and then people just kind of demanded the manual. Right. Yeah, and these cars, uh, you could get them like pretty cheap now too. Although they are like high kilometers, it's it's a 2JZ engine. So, you know, they're really reliable engines. Mm-hmm. And you could probably drive them like until they die. No, yeah, really. pretty much. And like you can get, let's say, even an automatic, you can get them for super cheap. I think I was looking at the other day, I found one for like $3,000. I mean, that's pretty high for the car. Like you're looking at a 2002 right yeah, yeah so it's pretty expensive but you know that that car is gonna last yeah it'll last for sure and even like you could even get them like manual like you said i'd say the manuals are a lot more expensive because mm-hmm. i think a lot of like drifters kind of want them yeah because of their drivetrain yeah if you're looking at a manual it kind of goes over the budget i would say yeah but for sure. like that's for a clean is if you're like a true enthusiast and that's what you're looking for go for it like save up some extra money and then go for it yeah definitely worth it mm-hmm and obviously, there's also the 2IS, which when they introduced it, I think it had one of the best styling, in my opinion. That yeah, Alexis, especially for the year. That yeah, was re- like I believe they introduced it in 2006. Yeah. This is where they went with an IS250 and an IS350. So they kind of introduced two different cars with different platforms, right? Different engines. Yeah, Lexus uh, IS250 and the 350 come rear-wheel drive and all-wheel drive. And obviously, different motors. One comes with the 3.5 liter, which is obviously much more stronger and much more power and torque to it. The IS-250, I believe, is the only one that came in the manual transmission, but it also came rear-wheel drive and all-wheel drive too. Yeah, so I think the IS, it also has, um, you know, something for everyone. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're looking for all-wheel drive, you get the 250. Mm -hmm. Not as powerful as the 350, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely a lot cheaper. And it comes with, I think it's an inline six. So it's probably pretty decent on gas, being all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, even the rear-wheel drive ones too, you know, they come in six-speed manuals. So as an enthusiast, I'm sure a lot of people will be, you know, more interested in that. Yeah, yeah. obviously, like the, the 350, it, it might be out of the price range that we're talking about, the 10K. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure you could find something yeah. under 10K. Um, when I was looking, I have an IS350, by the way. When I was looking for... And I like this car in general. I found so many IS two fifties, rear wheel drive and all wheel drive, but it was so hard to get an IS three fifty, mainly because of the rarity. A lot of people didn't buy these cars, mainly because they're expensive, brand new, and also a lot of people don't really want rear wheel drive. Yeah, so I think that kind of like factors in the price as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I think the IS two fifty will be more attracting to you know car enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, modifying them you know a lot of stuff you can do to them right um they also come in manual which is more fun i would say yeah not, but, not as powerful as some of the other cars we've talked about mm-hmm. but still decently fast yeah you know? definitely would recommend it still uh because it has, still has like a, a decent amount of power has a, a manual transmission and honestly for your first car it's fine it's good yeah you don't need a fast ass car for yeah. your first and it has that you know toyota reliability right exactly which is huge mm-hmm Okay, and it's kind of weird that we kind of chose a German. All of our recommendations are either KDM or JDM, um, mainly because they're cheaper uh, to modify. But I think v- Volkswagen actually does a really good job making the Jetta. And even the Golf as well. Yeah, Jetta and Golf. Um, these two cars are very infamous, and people have been buying them for years. 
And yeah, there's a huge aftermarket community. Right. And yeah. the, especially the 180, even the VR6, uh, they're great engines and a lot of people do modify them. But if you want to get reliability and something cheap to just drive around, there's obviously the 2.0 as well. Yeah, so definitely like something for everyone, you know. Yeah. I think um, th these are only front-wheel drive. Yeah, so. they're only front-wheel drive cars. They did make the R32 uh, GTI, which was all-wheel drive, but they're, again, super rare, out of the price range. Don't even think about it. Yeah. Um, and even like the Golf R2, you know, all-wheel drive, but like, as we said, it's out of your price range. Mm -hmm. So your best bet is probably like a, a Golf. 1AT or a VR6. VR6s are very fun, but... In my opinion, I recommend the 12 valve instead of the 24 valve. The 12 valve is much more cheaper to modify. You can do so much more. Um, yeah, and even like manual transmissions, they're very popular in these cars mm -hmm. as well. Easy yep. to find. Yep, exactly. And uh, they're very easy to work on, especially the 180s. Not the VR6 because everything's cramped. I, I know from personal experience, I had a VR and they're so much harder to work on. The 180s, so much easier because you don't have to mess around with so less room. Yeah, and I think you kind of have to factor in like what you need. Like these cars, mm -hmm. uh, the like the Jetta comes in a sedan, mm -hmm. but even the Golf, you go, you get them in two doors. Yeah, it's, it's still a hatchback, it's, but it's yeah, it's kind of like the the Lexus in terms of what they offer. Yeah, um, this car comes in a hatchback. A, you know, the Jetta comes in four door, the GTI comes in two door as well, yeah. and they also even have a wagon, Jetta wagon. Yeah, right? it's so Jetta wagon. They come in all sizes and shapes what you want depends on personal preference you know and in terms of modifications we see it every day you yeah know, people you, people love modifying these things yeah people do crazy things to them yeah especially shooting flames uh it's a, it's a new craze nowadays yeah people, it's very popular in like the the euro community mm -hmm. people love to take a jetta and just uh throw tune on it and shoot flames yeah we see it everywhere <laughs> you know even at our show mm -hmm. yeah those are our top recommendations uh we were gonna say we're gonna do top five but we wanted to separate the the 350Z from the G37. So yeah, those are our top six, I would say, in terms of cars under $10,000 that we recommend people should buy when as they're getting into cars. Yeah, obviously there are a lot of other, you know, cars that you get as well. Mm -hmm. uh, to name some, you know, Ford has some great cars, you know, like the Ford Focus. You could even get them in like an ST or an RS. Mm -hmm. uh, price range may vary a lot. Yeah, even Subaru, you know, they have like the WRX, the STI. Those are obviously their performance variants of the Impreza. Mm -hmm. They get uh, and probably out of your price range. You probably get like an older one under 10K. But obviously those ones, they have like the reliability issues as well. Mm -hmm. So that's something to look into. My other options, I would say, would be Audis. Any A4 would be super cheap, right? They're super cheap to modify even. Reliability has always been a question with Audis, but definitely do your research before you get into one they're very tricky in terms of electronics which can be a hassle in the long term and i i also think that bmws can make a really good car too they again every euro has this they've had their reliability issues but i feel like the e46 can be super reliable if you want to do like something track oriented they can make some really nice track cars but again do your research Every car has this uh, ups and downs, and you obviously want to stay away from anything that can cost you money. Yeah, obviously, like these cars, they're great cars, mm -hmm. nonetheless. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of stuck to the categories that we had, mm -hmm. so kind of filtered out some of the other cars. Definitely yeah. look at your options, what you want. Do you want all-wheel drive, front-wheel drive? As, again, as we've said in the, in the beginning, 
it's all on personal preference as well, right? So it's what you want, front-wheel drive versus rear-wheel drive, you know, SUV versus sedan, that kind of stuff. It's like what, at the end of the day, it's what you want in a car and what you're going to use it for. Are you going to use it as a daily or are you going to use it as a fun car that you just, just got and you're just going to be driving it around? Obviously, you know, there's a lot of other cars out there that we didn't mention today. But, you know, I think in terms of reliability, price-wise, and parts, mm -hmm. these cars are like the best that you could get yeah. in the car community as well. You see them a lot. Right. All right, so we're just going to wrap it up there. Uh, I hope that kind of helps you guys out. You know, whoever mentioned it, mm -hmm. it's a great topic. Thanks for, you know, mentioning that. Uh, we run polls on our Instagram once in a while. So if you guys want to recommend any other topics, any questions, anything like that, definitely keep an eye out on the page, Northside mm -hmm. Whips. Yep. At, uh, and email us any option, any recommendations even. Uh, NorthsideWhips at gmail.com. So now we're gonna move on to the, the meets happening. The first one is Berlin Classic. Yeah, Berlin Classic is actually calling this the beach tour. And uh, I believe it's a three day event. Um, it's on August 10th and 11th. It's happening at Grand Bend um, Motorplex. And if anyone has ever been to Grand Bend, they also have a beach there. So it's some good times with friends and they're doing this beach tour, which they're gonna be allowed to bring cars onto the beach which is awesome because it's never actually been seen before yeah with berlin classic it's like a two-day event mm -hmm. huge euro show mm -hmm. uh people come from like all across ontario just to go here even so the states yeah even the states so you know it's going to be huge yeah and grand ben you know great location we went there a couple weeks ago for cscs really nice uh like track i would say and there's a lot there's a lot of room for activities so i'm pretty sure they're gonna have like a lot of activities a lot of like uh mm -hmm kind of events happening there yeah they the they kind of made the switch from the island tour which there wasn't much to do there but now they're kind of going towards the track which is awesome because that means that we can do burnouts do track um i believe there's drag racing as well and i think even drifting right so there's a, something for everyone and they can do anything that weekend yeah so definitely going to be, be a good show mm -hmm. i'm sure a lot of you guys are going to be heading out there a lot of people already have plans to go out there as well yeah, so the next show that's happening is CSCS. So this is happening August 10th and 11th at Cayuga, so TMP. It's a time attack, drift, drag, and show and shine. So something for everyone. Similar to Berlin Classic, how they do it. All weekend event. You know, there's camping is available as well. You know, we went mm -hmm. to the last CSCS. Uh, that was Camp Fest Part 1. So similar style here. You know, they have all kinds of competitions. CSCS, it's huge every single time. Some of the stuff they have going on, you know, they have King of the Street, they have Burnout Competition, Two-Step Battles. It looks like this time they have something called Track Flicks. So it's like a movie night. Mm -hmm. I guess they're going to be showing a movie night on a big screen there. So definitely going to be a good event. TMP, you know, it's not as far as uh, Grand Band. So, you know, if you can't make that or if you're not really into the Euro car scene, definitely check out CSCS. It's always good going to CSCS. We went to Grand Band, as, as Andrew said. But yeah, check it out. If you guys have any shows or any meets coming up and you want us to uh, give you guys a shout out on our show, definitely get in touch with us and we'll give, you know, help you out. Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. If you guys have any suggestions the way we could uh, improve the podcast for you guys, the listeners, definitely let us know. Uh, we're available on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts, so platform for everyone. Y'all better listen to it then. Anyways, thanks for joining us once again, and we look forward to meeting you again next week.